Hello, and welcome to the Letters from Our Fathers podcast, where we explore the actual history of America's founding fathers from their own written words and personal correspondence, but without modern partisan political ideologies. I am your host, Roman. Now let's learn some real history. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. This is the podcast where TLDR does not apply on the study of history as a way of life. This is going to be a lightning round episode where we go through a lot of things very quickly because I don't have any time. Uh, This is what happens when you run into production delays and uh, other interruptions in your schedule that were very unexpected, so on and so forth. My gosh, this could not have possibly been a worse production week for me on this podcast, but thank you for joining me. Uh, To start off with, we are going to dive right in because, again, I have no time. So this is going to be a quick one, Um, and I'm going to blast through some stuff really quick, so I hope you can hang on for the ride because this one's going to be a roller coaster. To start off with, we are going to cover an article on the Common Defense, an update from episode 79, I believe it was, which we did back on December 2nd is when I believe I uploaded that one, and I'm going to have an article that is going to update us as to the status of that issue, and I am vindicated, ladies and gentlemen. I am vindicated. If anybody out there doubted me about the situation as it stands, that is, I will repeat it. If you didn't hear episode 79, please go back and listen to it. It's well worth a listen because very few people are going to actually talk about this. They're too busy talking about pop culture stuff. So, and this is important because it's 330 million lives and those 330 million lives are at risk as we speak, ladies and gentlemen. Because our politicians and the top brass in the military, not the field personnel, the top brass in the military have dropped the ball. And frankly speaking, they don't give a crap about national defense anymore. And I'm going to make the case for that. Well, actually, I already did on episode 79, I believe. Again, it was titled The Common Defense. I think it was episode 79. Well, let's get into this. This is a, well, let me give you a table of contents before we get into this. Uh, We're going to cover this article on the Common Defense really quick. I'm going to blast through that. I'm going to try to be... I'm going to try to avoid being overly harsh about it, but I'm also not going to apologize if I end up being really harsh about this, because this is serious. Uh, This is life and death, and for some strange reason, unknown to anybody else except possibly God, I take this seriously. And then after we get done talking about that, I am going to probably dive into the Gen Z episode and a possible issue that we have with that episode, or not not that I have, but uh, some listeners to the podcast have with that episode, uh, because some of them have uh, pulled a Moses on me and done a mass exodus from the podcast, and I am going to address that, so get ready for that. I am going to have a PSA on what not to do as it pertains to politicians, which might help extricate us from many of these problems, including this common defense article that we're going to talk about, and all of the problems around that. I'm going to have some basic updates on the podcast. And maybe a few miscellaneous whatevers, and then we will uh, move on. We will move on to the next episode uh, next week, hopefully, barring some catastrophe. Unless I have a week like I had this week, I am recording this episode on Sunday, and I'm going to edit it on Sunday, and I am going to upload it on Sunday, all within the space of a few hours because I am out of time. Uh, and I, I, apparently, this is Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, I didn't know that until earlier today because. I think I might have watched a Super Bowl about somewhere between 20 and 25 years ago. I can't really remember, and I haven't watched one since. Uh, That's not something that I do with my time, but if you are watching the game today, I hope uh, whoever it is that you're rooting for, I hope they win. I don't know who's playing, 
But I hope it's a good Super Bowl weekend for you folks. I hope you get to enjoy some time. Um, oh, and speaking of which, speaking of enjoying time in the United States of America, I am going to have a request at the end of this episode. A request for you folks, something that I would like you to try to do um, that's going to remind us why we do this podcast and why it's important for us to learn this stuff and why it's important for us to make sure that Gen Z, yes, I'm going to talk about it again, uh, because again, somebody pulled, well, not somebody, but a group of people pulled a Moses on me and I've got to address it. I feel like I have to. I'm not going to apologize, by the way. Uh, I'm just going to simply slam those people a little bit and I'm going to smack them upside the head with a rolled up newspaper, metaphorically, and then we're going to move on with our lives, but I am going to address it. So, but that, that's, wait for that for the end of the episode. Uh, I'm going to have a request. And speaking of requests, if you, again, episode 100 is coming up. If you have a request for what you want me to talk about on that episode, and I will talk about just about anything that you want, within reason, as long as it's not partisan political, as long as I can speak intelligently about it to, to a certain degree, I will talk about it. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That's where I check for the reviews. And leave a request for what you want me to talk about on there. Could be world issues. Could be something going on in the world. Could be something going on in pop culture. Could be something whatever. I'm up for it. I'm looking forward to episode 100, by the way, and I appreciate you folks sticking around for that. So this is a Fox Business article that we're going to read. Title of the article, and I quote, U.S. could quickly run out of munitions in conflict with China defense industry unprepared report, end quote. This was written by Eric Revel on January 29th. This is largely based off of a Wall Street Journal article, by the way, which I read that came out, of, I think, a few days prior. Now, keep in mind, this was on January 29th when this was writ- when this was written, the Wall Street Journal article a few days before that. My episode 79 was on December 2nd, okay? I did, I did not need a report to come to this conclusion. I already knew it because I have two eyes in the front of my head and I keep my ear to the ground. And I've known this since the 90s, by the way, folks. I mentioned that on episode 79. So let's read what's going on here. Let's see how disturbing this really is and why I feel vindicated. And I'm not happy about it, by the way, in case you're curious. You're going to find out real quick that I'm actually quite animated about it. Let's read this. Quote, A new report is sounding the alarm about the status of the U.S. military stockpiles of key munitions and the capacity of the industrial base to ramp up production, warning that American forces could burn through existing precision weapons stockpiles in less than one week in a potential war with China over Taiwan, end quote. I'll help them with this, by the way. In any war with China. It could be over Taiwan. It could be over South Korea. It could be over Grandma's Cookies. Any war with China, this is going to be the case, okay? This is a poorly written article, per usual. It doesn't matter if it's over Taiwan, South Korea, Grandma's Cookies, or the Ronald McDonald House. Whatever, whatever the cause of the war is, we're going to run out of, we're going to run out of precision, precision munitions and other munitions probably too, if we can actually get our planes in the air. See episode 79 for what I'm talking about there. We're going to run out in a week. It's worse than I thought. I think I said on that previous episode that it that I, I thought maybe a month or two, something like that. Let us continue. Quote, the Center for Strategic and International Studies, CSIS, released a 44-page report last week that warned, according to a series of CSIS war games, the United States would likely run out of some munitions, such as long-range precision-guided munitions in less than one week in a Taiwan Strait conflict. It added that the war in Ukraine has exposed serious deficiencies in the U.S. industrial base and serves as a stark reminder that a protracted conflict is likely to be an industrial war, end quote. I didn't need a 44-page report, you know, two months ago, and I didn't need any war game studies either two months ago when I concluded this. Again, I was off. I was off by quite a bit because I thought, well, maybe we could hold out for a couple of months. These people are saying one week. This is your military, ladies and gentlemen. 
More specifically, again, because this is not field personnel that have any control over this. This is top brass at the military. This is the Pentagon. And I don't want to throw everybody under the bus. I know there's a few accountants in the Pentagon, some government employees that are trying to make sense of all this. And they're trying to figure out how to fix this. They're trying to figure out what to do about this. But they can't fix it by themselves. The top brass is working against them. The politicians are working against them. Those government employees need some backup. They need some help to fix these problems. And who's that going to be? Is it going to be those 535 lunatics in Congress? No. Is it going to be the top brass in the military who don't give a crap about the lives of the service personnel in the field? Yes, I said it. No. It's going to be you and me. We're going to have to help. And somebody might ask, well, what can we possibly do to help? What can we do to solve this problem? I'll tell you in a few minutes. I got a lot of background noise going on around me on this episode. If you hear some background noise on this episode, I can't edit it out. I don't have time. I usually sometimes I pause the recording and I wait for like low-flying helicopters and aircraft to pass by me. I, I got no time. So this is going to be a this is going to be a low production episode to say the least. Let's continue reading this article. Quote, the Wall Street Journal interviewed Seth Jones, who authored the report and is a senior vice president at CSIS, who told the outlet the bottom line is the defense industry base, in my judgment, is not prepared for the security environment that now exists. Jones told the Journal, the defense industry's current operational pace is better suited to a peacetime environment. He's and said, how do you effectively deter if you don't have sufficient stockpiles of the kinds of munitions you are going to need for a China-Taiwan Strait kind of scenario, end quote. Again, any war with China. It could be over anything. It could be over Hawaii. It could be over Australia. It could be over Taiwan. I mean, it could be over anything. And God forbid if China and Russia were to tag team us, you think we would run out of munitions in a week? It'd probably be like two days. And I encourage you to read this article and all the other articles I read on episode 79. I'm going to stop there because I don't have time to go on. There was another paragraph I was going to read, but to heck with it. You get the idea. I don't need to go on. I'm sick of reading this crap. $800 billion a year on national defense. That's what we spend. And we don't have enough bullets, artillery, and missiles to win a war. Because it's, it's, it's set up for peacetime. Here's the problem with peacetime. It could end at any second. These people, when, when, the, when the Soviet Union fell and the Berlin Wall came down, I'll just give you a hint about where this started. It started back then. My gosh, I got all kinds of background noise today. I'm telling you, I got, I got, I got low-flying aircraft. I've got some, I got some car parked outside with no exhaust on it. I mean, good grief. If you hear, again, my apologies, if you hear this crap in the background on this episode, I just, I can't help it. But this, this national defense situation, $800 billion a year, and we're running out of freaking bullets and missiles. Because when the Soviet Union fell, this attitude of, oh, th this is it, we're never going to have to fight another war again. This is like, again, history repeating itself. Does anybody remember World War One? Oh, that was the Great War. That was the war to end all wars. This is the last big one. It took about, what, 20 years and another one broke out that was even bigger and more people died? I mean, I'm serious. These are the absolute incompetent idiots that we have running this country. And how do they get elected? Well, I'll tell you one reason. This is my PSA. This is one thing that you can do to solve this problem. This, this occurred to me in the last few weeks. Stop voting for people who ride into office on daddy's coattails. Now, what do I mean by that? There are politicians out there who have a resume that is filled with absolutely nothing but BS, nothing crap. No accomplishments in their life to speak of except a bunch of nepotism jobs in the government or somewhere else. The biggest thing they have on their resume is daddy's coattails. What do I mean by that? Their daddy was a politician. And coattails is a ref it's an old-timey reference to actually these coats that people would wear, these kind of uh, tuxedo slash 
sheriff's suit jackets that had these tails off the back of them. And the old political phrase was, you know, a, you know, some politicians write into office on like the president's coattails or some other politician's coattails. These people write into elected office on daddy's coattails. Daddy was a politician back in the day. They have the same name. They ha- they have the, they they have the same basic kind of platform allegedly. So they get elected basically on pure name recognition and daddy's coattails. Stop it. You want you want a nickel's worth of free advice? Stop it. Sometimes I feel like I have to grab America by the shirt collar, smack it upside the head with a rolled up newspaper like it's a, like it's a dog who has not learned its lessons yet and say stop it. Now I know I'm preaching to the choir with a lot of you folks. I got it because a lot of you folks are older and more and very experienced and you know this. But there's a bunch of young people out there who are just not aware of just how ignorant this is. And I ha- I have to help them. I have to educate them on these things. Just don't. I I don't care how much you like the candidate. I don't care how much you like daddy. Voting for somebody because they're riding in on daddy's coattails is probably not the best idea in the world. If that's their resume, daddy's coattails, avoid them like the plague. Because what happens is, is we get these people in government who don't really give a crap about the national defense, don't really give a crap about giving the army the bullets that they need, or making sure that the money is spent on bullets instead of something else, God knows what. Again, I'm sure there's a a bunch of accountants in the Pentagon who are trying, against all odds, to do their job and to do the yeoman's work, as far as good government goes, to figure out what the crap is going on with all this money. And there's, there's people at the General Accounting Office and, and other places doing the Lord's work. But unfortunately, apparently, that's not enough to be able to fix this problem. So here's how we help them. If you want to know how to help the accountants at the Pentagon, if you want to know how to help the General Accounting Office, stop voting for Daddy's coattails. I know Daddy was lovely. I got that. Daddy was just lovely. And he was a sweetheart. I got it. And his, his children are just a bunch of sweethearts. I got it. Stop, stop voting for these people. Just stop. Daddy's coattails is not helping us. It's never going to. There, there you go. There's my PSA for all the young folks out there who are who have not been around long enough to know this. I guarantee you, everybody over the age of fifty, probably or probably eighty percent of the people over fifty, probably know this already because they've seen it happen their whole life. They've seen Daddy's coattails play out time and time again, and it just doesn't work that well. It's gotten us to exactly where we are today. How's that working out for you? Last I checked, the approval rating of Congress was somewhere in the low double digits. Low double digits. And a majority of Americans say that America's headed in the wrong direction. Compliments of daddy's coattails, amongst other things. So let's just stop. Okay, there we go. I said my piece on that. You know, I'm sick and tired of the top brass at the Pentagon not giving a crap about the people on the ground. And I say this because I had two parents in the United States Armed Forces. I had an uncle in Vietnam and and, and others. Okay, I I come from a military family, for lack of a better way of putting it. And I remember Vietnam. Not that I was alive at the time. I wasn't. But I, I studied it. I read books on it. I listened to the veterans who were there. And I'm telling you, these the top brass of the military, it ebbs and it flows. Sometimes you get people in there that really do care. And other times you get people at top brass in the Pentagon who don't give a crap how many soldiers die in a war, whether this country can fight a war effectively, whether we have the right equipment at the right time, and so on and so forth. They just don't care. And you can't count on them to care. Most of the time, the top brass at the Pentagon, these people are not heroes. They're closer to life's losers than they are heroes. Like I said, it ebbs and it flows. Sometimes they're fine. Sometimes I don't have a problem with them. Other times, they just make me sick. I mean, General Curtis LeMay must be rolling in his grave right about now. He must be screaming from beyond the grave. Does everybody know who Curtis LeMay is, by the way? Any of you young folks out there know about Curtis LeMay? If you don't, Study Curtis LeMay a little bit, just so you know who he was. A lot of terrible things were said about Curtis LeMay, by the way. And I don't think he was a perfect guy. 
I just think he understood how to defend the country a little bit better than most people. And he was, he was a hard-edged guy. He really was, in many ways. But sometimes you need that. To win a war, you frickin' need that. Now, I am going to address something here. I am going to address the Moses... Operation Moses. Operation Moses is currently underway as it pertains to this podcast. What do I mean by that? Uh, apparently... The best as I can figure... There was a group of people who did not like the Gen Z episode that I did and are, are currently engaged in Operation Moses, which is the mass exodus from this podcast. And I'm trying to think to myself, what was the macro level theme of that episode? What was it that irked them so completely? There were two things about it that, that could have irked them. Number one, we need to educate, we need to save Gen Z. We need to prepare them to be able to pick up the flag and carry it forward because in a number, in many years from now, I am going to be dead and I'm not going to be able to carry the flag anymore. And neither are you because you're going to be dead too. If you're my age or older, you know, fast forward 40, 50 years, we're not going to be here anymore. And there needs to be somebody here to pick up the flag, and Gen Z's going to be the only one left. Them and Gen Alpha are going to be the only ones left that can do it. And if they're not prepared, if they are failed, like my generation was failed, like Generation X was failed, and frankly speaking, like the baby boomers were failed, they're not going to be able to do it. Because this just keeps getting worse and worse as the generations go on. The baby boom generation, believe me, was bad enough. Their behavior at various times, deplorable. Gen X, same thing. My generation, good God, don't even get me started. Gen Z, it's already off to a one heck of a rough start. It's so bad, it's hard to even contemplate how to fix it. Now, if that upsets somebody out there, if it upsets you that I want to try to save Gen Z so that there's actually somebody here to inherit the Constitution, inherit the Bill of Rights, and inherit the Republic, and inherit the constitutional government that we currently have in this country, as flawed as that may be, if it bothers you that I say that we need to save them and we need to keep them from being failed like so many other generations were, if that bothers you, then fine. That This quote keeps ringing around in my head. Go from us in peace. We require neither your counsel nor your arms, but bow down and lick the hands that feed you, and may your chains rest lightly against you, and may posterity forget that you are our countrymen. Go into a dark corner and start sucking your thumb, because I'm sick and tired of it. I'm sick and tired of the cowards and the shirkers in this country not doing their job, and getting angry when somebody calls them out for it. I'm sick of it. This has been going on for longer than I've been alive. And we millennials need to finally get a hold of this thing. Because if we don't get a hold of it right now, and I mean right frickin' now, there's not gonna be anything left for Gen Z. There's not gonna be any le anything left for Gen Alpha. There's not gonna be a flag to pick up and carry. There's not gonna be anything left. Especially if we have people in the Pentagon and in Washington, D.C. making China very comfortable right now. You think, you think China is not picking up on this news about the common defense, about how the United States can't defend itself? And there's stuff I'm not even talking about. I haven't even mentioned to you yet how the, how, how the United States nuclear triad is in jeopardy right now, as we speak. It's in trouble, ladies and gentlemen. We got a problem. And if that don't keep you up nights, I don't know what will. I don't even know that most Americans are fully cognizant about how in jeopardy our nuclear deterrent is right now, and specifically over the next 10 to 15 years. And as recent events might suggest, it would seem that China is preparing for something. Between that and the loss of understanding of what the Founding Fathers were talking about, about how to keep the Constitution, the Declaration, the Bill of Rights, and this constitutional government that we have and we enjoy, there will be nothing left for Gen Alpha. Nothing. Is that okay with you? I know it's okay for those people who have left the podcast and pulled Operation Moses. I know it's okay with them that Gen Z be failed just like my generation and the generation before was failed. I know it's okay with them because they're gone. 
They don't want to save Gen Z. They don't give a crap about them. You know who these people are? Let me tell you about, and let me tell you who they are. And let me tell you who I am. Why do I do this podcast? I just spent, I just got some books in the mail the other day. I spent hundreds of dollars on books just recently. This doesn't even count the books that I have been buying for the last 20 years of my life. I got, I got one book sitting on my desk right now. This book right here, 150 bucks. I buy these books to help do this podcast. This is for some future content that we're going to do on this episode. This, these are books about the founding fathers. I make this so easy. I spend the money and I spend the time to dig up this information to make it as easy as possible to study this material. Easy. Nobody has to spend the money. Nobody has to spend the time to dig up the letters. I do that. And I am running out of time. I don't have a lot of time left. And I've got other things to do. But... I want to be able to say that I did everything I could to save this thing for Gen Z so that they've actually got some inheritance left. The inheritance that I got, which would be, by the way, the United States of America. That's my inheritance. And I want Gen Z to have that inheritance. I want Gen Alpha to inherit that. Now, some people in Gen Z and some people are probably going to come up in Gen Alpha who are perfectly content to just burn that inheritance to the ground. There's always going to be those people. But for those who want to keep it, I want to make sure they have something. That's what I'm trying to do here. Now, these people who did Operation Moses on this on this podcast, you know who these people are? These are the run-out-the-clock people. Do you know who the run-out-the-clock people are? They are hoping, they know that this country is in trouble. But what they're hoping is, is that they can, they can drag things out in this country just long enough so that it doesn't die on their watch, that they're, long, that they're basically dead and gone. They get to retire, they get to live their life, and they, get to, they, they end up dying like we all do. And moving on from this world, and if this country falls apart on their children's watch or their grandchildren's watch, they don't give a crap. They don't care about their children. They don't care about the next generation. They don't give a crap. They're just hoping to run out the clock. They don't want this thing to end on, on their time because they don't, they don't want to have to have to deal with it. They're hoping that they can kick the can down the road and their kids will have to deal with it. And their grandkids will have to deal with it. When all these chickens come home to roost, the common defense is falling apart. Other things are falling apart. We're losing our sense of understanding of the Bill of Rights, Constitution, and Declaration of Independence. We're just losing our understanding of it. It's slipping out of our fingers, ladies and gentlemen. It's slipping right, right out of our fingers, and they don't care. They just hope to be able to enjoy their wealth, their property, all the things that this country afforded them. The people, who, the people in the Revolutionary War who died for their freedom, they want to take advantage of it. They want to use it up. They want to suck it dry on their watch, and leave their children with nothing. They don't give a crap about spending any energy to save it. And they can't stand to be criticized for it. They can't stand to be called out that they failed the next generation. That they're just running out the clock. That they're sucking this country dry for everything that it's good for, and bleeding it, bleeding it dry, and leaving their children, leaving the next generation with nothing. They don't give a crap. And I'll say it again, I don't even have any children. I never will, by the way. And I will never have any grandchildren. So I could just wash my hands of this and just go walk away. But I'm not like those people. I'm not trying to run out the clock, even though I'm running out of time. This is me trying to save this thing. And you being here on this podcast is you trying to save this thing because you take this information and you carry it out into the world. You, you change how you vote or you change how you talk about the United States and you share it with friends and family and associates in common conversation. Independence Day is coming up a few months down the road. It's not that far away, really. Perfect opportunity to talk about this stuff. Perfect. Just ask somebody, what are we celebrating today? When, seriously, when Independence Day comes around, just ask them, what are we celebrating today? And then tell them the story about 1774 and 75, like what we've been talking about on this podcast. Tell them the story, how we got here, what happened, 
Crimes were committed by the government and the military. A civil war was started by the government and the military, and people had to defend themselves. And they stood up for their freedom and their liberty, but not just their hours, our freedom and our liberty. And then they built a country, they built a constitution and a bill of rights to make sure that we were able to keep it. We were able to live up to the challenge of Dr. Franklin, a republic, if you can keep it. Tell them the story, because this podcast is going to help you tell that story. It's going to give you all kinds of stuff you can talk about. Because if you just remember these letters from Benjamin Franklin that we've been talking about recently, and those letters from John Adams and George Washington back in the day, this is huge. And you can also use it to defend the Bill of Rights, including the Second Amendment, which is under attack as I speak. Not 30 minutes before I started this episode, I was looking at another article of a group of people who want to try to take away the Second Amendment. Not, not, by, not by repealing it, but by just passing laws in Congress and in the state houses, just basically illegally repealing the Second Amendment without going through a constitutional process, without going through the amendment process, without going through the ratification process. They just want to illegally repeal it. They want to violate the law of the land, commit a crime, and, and take away the Second Amendment from people whose it's their rightful inheritance. This is our inheritance. They want to steal it from us. And they want to steal the First Amendment next. And then next thing you know, they're going to be stealing the Eighth Amendment from us, and then the Fourth and the Fifth, and it's never going to end. They're just going to keep on doing it. And they're going to give you all kinds of excuses for why they want to steal your inheritance from you, and they want to do it illegally by violating the laws of the United States and the Constitution, because you can't take the Second Amendment away from people unless you, unless you amend the Constitution. But they're not even trying, because they know they would get their hat handed to them. They're just trying to do it every illegal way they possibly can. And some people might think, oh, Roman, you're getting partisan now. This is a partisan debate. It's not partisan. The Bill of Rights is not partisan. It's written in blood because blood paid for it. It's my inheritance. It's your inheritance. And these things are slipping through our fingers, ladies and gentlemen. And if we don't have these conversations, if we don't save the next generation from stupid, how is this flag going to be picked up and carried into the future? Answer, it won't. And pulling Operation Moses is not going to help. So for all those people who have left the podcast, if you ever come back, I'm glad you came back. But you really need to take a long, hard look in the mirror, buddy. Because me, say, me saying that a general—again, I even put disclaimers all over that episode. I am not speaking about individual people. I'm not talking about you personally. Failing the my generation or the generation that came before Gen X or Gen Z or whatever. I never said anything about a specific individual. I said the generation in the aggregate failed. And you can try to debate me on that, but I want you to take a long, hard look at this country and look where we're at today, ladies and gentlemen, and tell me that we weren't failed with a straight face. I want you to, ta- I want you to, ta- I want you to read these articles about the, na- about the common defense, about the, s- the inability of this country to even defend itself. And I want, you, I want you to tell me that we weren't failed because people were too busy voting about stupid crap that's not even in the Constitution instead of focusing on the one thing the federal government should do most of all, which is national defense. Number one priority for the president of the United States. But you voted for so many of these people in the baby boom generation. Honestly, the, the so-called greatest generation, the silent generation, Gen X, and even my generation voted for these people for every reason except for that. What was it? What was it? What was it you voted for? You voted for them for cars, tax credits. You voted for them for what? Some stupid little pet personal thing that you had going on? Anything but national defense and, and the common defense. The national defense, the common defense should take up like 80, 90% of the president's time. That's all he should be talking about. 
occasionally mentioning some other things as it pertains to the executive branch. But other than that, that's it. But that's not what we hear, is it? For my entire lifetime, we hear a lot of other things. We don't hear much about national defense. Here and there, it depends on if there's a war going on or not. If there's a war going on, obviously we hear more about it. But in peacetime, we don't hear much about it, do we? And again, the problem with peacetime is it can end in a second. We figured that out on December 7th, 1941. Oh, this was a peacetime, peacetime country, peacetime military. And then a bomb was dropped from a Japanese Zero over Pearl Harbor. Ended that real quick. You think that can't happen again? And fighting a war for a week or two weeks or two months isn't going to solve the problem. That war went on for four years. But, you know, that episode on Gen Z is serious because we, we can't keep dragging this thing out and not, and not educating the next generation like we should. And instead, just, you know, asking them, hey, what do you want to do when you grow up? Where do you want to go to college? That's basically the extent of the discussions that we have with these generations. Oh, and baseball statistics, I forgot. As important as baseball statistics are, it ain't going to save this country. And it ain't going to save it for the next generation. There's not going to be anything left. And if that, if me saying that hurts your delicate sensibilities, then, then Sam Adams has already told you where you can go and what you can do. Bow down and lick the hands that feed you. And if you think you're going to run out the clock and those chains are not going to rest lightly against you, they will rest against your children and your grandchildren. I hope you're happy. I hope it's worth it. I hope Operation Moses works out for you. Again, those people who left, if they come back and they listen to this episode. I hate to be so harsh. I really do. But, I mean, if anybody thought I was going to apologize for that episode and turn around and go the other way, obviously you don't know who the heck I am. You know, I was I was raised by military people. Not a lot of cutting and running, you know, in, in the military. They don't they don't tend to do that very well. And although I was never in the military myself, it, it kind of rubs off if both your parents are in there, especially for as long as they were. I mean, this wasn't this wasn't a four year gig for them. They were in there for quite a while. But again, this makes me appreciate you folks who are, who are still here on this podcast all that much more. You are the kind of people that Sam Adams was hoping for. For God's sakes, the people who will come back and continue to listen to the letters and to and continue to listen to the challenges that we face, be it the common defense or trying to get trying to avoid daddy's coattails because it ain't helping us or, or the myriad of other things that we got going on. Because, again, you know, we've got to we've got to bear some of this burden on our shoulders and under, and learn this because we've got to help the people around us. And especially like on days like Independence Day, there's the, there should be conversations about this from coast to coast, border to border, in every family, in every city, in every state, in the Union. And and I know it's fun to go out with the family and light off some fireworks and go, go see some fireworks. You can still do that. That's the beauty of it. You can still do that. But at the same time, ask anybody, anybody and everybody that you're around, what are we celebrating today? What is this day? What happened? When did it happen? What was the event that kicked this day off, this Independence Day that we celebrate? And on that note, here's, um, here's a request that I have for you. And actually, before I forget, speaking of Gen Z and Gen Alpha, you know, once upon a time, I was in a similar place as, as many of them they are, trying to figure out what the heck am I going to do with this world that is in front of me. And there weren't a lot of things that got me through it, but there were a few things. And one of those things, I've mentioned it before, my three great teachers in life, none of whom I ever met, I just found their material— and I studied it. And those three, those three great teachers probably saved my life. And I don't know that anybody around most of these people in Gen Z or Gen Alpha are ever going to provide that kind of guidance or those pillars in their life. I, I don't know. Probably not. As a matter of fact, I know not because I grew up around a lot, a lot of people that just didn't have any of that. And they ended up rudderless. So I know it's happening today. If it was happening back then, it's definitely happening today. So here, here's something I'm going to put out there. If enough people leave a review on Apple Podcasts and request this, and I'm, I'm, tr- I'm getting to the point where I'm going to open up some other ways for you people to contact me, too. But so either there or on Apple Podcast Reviews or wherever, anywhere I check. Right now, it's just Apple Podcasts. 
if you want me to talk about one of my great teachers, I will, and the value that that provided, and who, who, who they were, what they did, and their value to this country. I will do it because it may help somebody down the line. Even if even if you don't think you need it, you know, you're 70 years old and you're, you're you you've accumulated all the great teachers you need. You may request it anyway because there may be that 15 year old kid who wanders into this podcast trying to study the founding fathers and they don't have those three great teachers and it might benefit them. But I'm not going to do it unless enough people request it. Now here's my request to you so that we can understand why it's important to save this thing for Gen Z and Gen Alpha and why it's important for us to study the founding fathers and understand how we got here because. Understanding how we got here is the only way we're ever going to keep it. We cannot keep this thing without understanding how we got here. And somebody may understand generally taxation without representation. Somebody may generally understand Lexington and Concord. But unless you understand the full backstory, somebody is always going to be able to dazzle you with BS. They're going to be able to say stupid crap like, you know, the colonists declared war on, the, on, on Great Britain, which isn't true. We've shown that. But how would you know that unless you study the letters? You don't. And how do you know the details of it? How, how will you be able to defend your argument if you don't study the letter? You won't be able to. They'll be able to dazzle you with BS and just walk all up and down you. But so we understand what we're appreciating here, I want you to try something for me. Tomorrow morning, when you wake up, very first thing when you wake up in the morning, if you can remember to do it. If not, then obviously five minutes into your day, you do it then. When you wake up, I want you to sit on the edge of your bed before you start your day. And I want you to think about your front door. And yes, I just I just asked you to think about your front door. I am the only podcaster. I can honestly say this to a reasonable certainty. I am the only podcaster in the world who will ever ask you to think about your front door. But I want you to do that. There's a, this is going someplace. It's beyond the front door, but this is where we start. I want you to think about your front door. I want you to picture that. I want you to close your eyes tomorrow morning when you wake up. I want you to picture your front door in your head. And once you've got that image of your front door in your head, I want you to think about what's on the other side of that door. What is on the other side of that door? And it's not just your front yard. It's not just the parking lot if you live in an apartment complex or something like that. There's something else out there, and you already know what it is. It's the United States of America. That's your inheritance out there. That belongs to you and everything that comes with it. The Declaration of Independence, the Constitution of the United States, this, this great constitutional form of government, federalism, the Bill of Rights, all of them, no cherry-picking, that belongs to you. And that's free air that you breathe on the other side of that door. That's, that's, the, that's the smell of freedom. And, outside, and on the other side of that door, there are people enjoying their freedom and their liberty. They're getting up and going to work in the morning unmolested by some tyrannical government or, you know, roving mobs of people trying to cut people's heads off in the street like, like the French Revolution or a myriad of other examples throughout history. And in the summertime especially, there's kids playing outside or in the, in, in, during the school season, there's kids on their way to school getting ready to enjoy the, the freedom that they have to be educated, hopefully at a place that actually has a history department that takes things seriously, which I doubt. Another reason to tell them about this podcast, by the way. But nevertheless, there's a lot of freedom on the other side of that door. It's a beautiful thing. It's just so beautiful, isn't it? Do you want, and the question you have to ask yourself is, do you want your great-grandchildren and your great-great-grandchildren, whom you may never know, you may never meet them, do you want them to be able to walk through that door or through their own front door and take a moment standing on their front porch and recognize that freedom and liberty reigns supreme in America? Or do you want to allow these lunatics out there who are just trying to run out the clock and destroy your inheritance, destroy your children's inheritance? Do you want to let them win the day? Let's learn everything that the Founding Fathers have to teach us. Let's study the letters. Let's study the books. And good news, I've got the letters. I've got the books. I paid the money for it. And together, we can educate ourselves. That's the first step. That's step number one. We educate ourselves on this study group together. And then we move out into the world with the people that we know. Friends, family, associates, 
and we educate them. And we try to broach this conversation again about how we got here, how we keep this thing, and how so very important all these things are. Like this stupid argument about the Second Amendment. This is that, that, that thing was never about hunting. It was never about just having fun. There's a reason—some people might ask this question. And by the way, there is a third episode on the well-regulated militia coming up in the not-too-distant future. I've been, I've been teasing that for a while now, but it is coming. There is a re Some people might ask, why in the Second Amendment does it have that preamble? A well-regulated militia being the necessity of a free state. Why doesn't it just say the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed? Why doesn't it just say that? Why does it have that piece about the well-regulated militia? Because it's telling you why it's there. Instead of just saying, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed, it has a preamble, right? A well-regulated militia, right? It's telling you why it's there. And, I'll and, I, and I will tell you why it's there. This thing about the common defense that we talked about on episode 79 and at the beginning of this episode. We cannot always count on the United States military to do their job, especially the top brass. I don't want to question the field personnel. I hold them in the highest regard. I grew up around these people. When I walked out my front door in the morning, during some years of my growing up years, when I was a kid, I would look around and I would see a sea of people in green fatigues walking around. Green fatigues, by the way, that's a... That's army uniform, because I lived on an army base. Believe me when I tell you, I hold them in the highest regard, because I know their quality. But the top brass at the Pentagon, I don't hold them in high regard at all, some of the time. Sometimes I do, it depends on who's there. But clearly we have ourselves a problem. You can't count on them all the time. And the people always have to be ready to defend themselves. And a well-regulated militia is how you do that. It's important to teach this. And how are you gonna how are you gonna know the origins of that without studying the letters from the founding fathers? On April nineteenth of seventeen seventy five, what happened, ladies and gentlemen? What went wrong that morning? Why did that day begin with people waking up in the morning and telling their children, I love you, and telling their wife, I love you, and going out to work and they're dead at the end of the day? How did that happen? I mean, we know the basics, right? Military marches out of Boston, they run into Captain Parker's men. I'll be talking about this in the near future. We'll do it. We'll, we're, we're getting really close to me doing episodes on this, full episodes and really talking about the details of it. They run into Captain Parker and his men. Some shots break out and the war begins. We know that. That's the basics. But what really happened that day? And the answer to the question is it wasn't really what happened on that day. It was what happened in the year leading up to that day. That's the story. And that's what we're talking about. That's what we're learning here on the study group. And we're going to learn so much more. You have no idea. We have just barely scratched the surface of what the Founding Fathers have to teach us. This thing goes deep. This thing's like layers of an onion, and we're just peeling them away over here. So that said, for those of you who are still left on the podcast and did not participate in Operation Moses, I appreciate you. And the Founding Fathers would appreciate you. I know that. Regardless of whether they agree with my opinions on everything, and I know they wouldn't, regardless of how they would feel about how harsh I am, Sam Adams would probably be fine with me being this harsh. The others, I don't know. Well, John Adams probably too. He was a pretty harsh guy himself. The others, I don't know. But I know that they would appreciate you listening to their words right off, right off the page, right off the letters. And listening to what they wrote in the Constitution about the common defense. That's not optional. There's a lot of things the federal government does. does there's a lot of things the federal government does that are either optional or, str frankly speaking, just illegal. There's no constitutional basis for it at all. But they do that while at the same time letting the national defense completely fall apart despite the huge amounts of money they spend on it. One week, ladies and gentlemen, that's how long your military can fight a war against China. One week. I mean, it can fight longer than that because other, we have more ammunition of other types in certain respects. It ebbs and it flows a little bit here and there. But in one week's time, what that article was saying is that the national defense will begin to break down. And it's all downhill from there. And you better hope and pray that China is in the same situation. Otherwise, we are done, ladies and gentlemen. 
we're done. There's no winning a war against China unless they are in the same situation we are. And I have my doubts because they take these things seriously. So I hope you will join me on the next episode of the podcast. And so we can learn from the Founding Fathers about how we pick up the flag and move forward and how we honor what they did, the sacrifice, the people who died. They died for us. Our freedom is here. We enjoy it. What's on the other side of that front door? We enjoy it because they because many of them died. That's just the sad truth of it. Let's let's not be like Operation Moses and try to run out the clock and crap all over the next generation. And I know you won't because you're here. But we will be back at it again in a week's time, and we're going to be uh, continuing on with what the Founding Fathers have to teach us. I've got some actually some very interesting stuff coming up. I've got a I got an episode that's really very different, I think, than stuff that we've talked about before. I've got a Supreme Court episode I'm working on still by request. And these, uh, these new books that I got in are going to help me prepare episodes, frankly speaking, years from now, probably, by the time I get to it. Uh, one of these books in particular that I bought is probably something that we're going to go over towards the very end of the podcast, period. Like when this podcast is in its twilight days, um, I got a book that's going to help me prepare those episodes. So I hope you'll be around for that. And I hope you'll join me on every episode between now and then. And I, I really do hope that I can continue to produce some good content that you enjoy. And I hope all of this is informative. I hope the uh, the information about the common defense is informative. If you're upset by that, call your congressman and ask them to explain themselves about how they let the national defense slip through their fingers. Because chances are your congressman has been there for a long time. Or your senators. Whatever. Just call them and ask them. Tell, ask, seriously. I mean, people want to know. I mean, well, what can we do about this, Roman? Call, call, your, call your elected representatives and ask them to explain themselves. And why exactly it is they feel that it's okay to put 330 million lives at risk for stupid games. And there's a few good ones up there, by the way. I always joke about the 535 lunatics up there. There's a few good ones that are doing the yeoman's work up there, but it's probably not your elected representative. If you think it is, you've got like a 98% chance of being wrong. But that's something that you can do. So maybe do that between now and the next time we, uh, we, we, we uh, come back to this podcast uh, next week, hopefully, barring some catastrophe. I will be back next week. I hope you will be as well. And with all that said, this is Roman signing off. Thank you.